Welcome to the Anonymous Podcast. This episode will be a guiding principle study and commentary. The aim is to provide insight to and context of the material within our book, Guiding Principles. This is not a meeting of Narcotics Anonymous. However, there will be some similarities in how the study will be conducted. Each study will have the audio recorded and then published to the Anonymous Podcast. The overall goal is to provide commentary of the text towards reaching those seeking a resource like this. If one person benefits from our efforts, including us, then the participation will be well worth the effort. We'll have the introductions and then we'll jump into the text. Enjoy. Hi, everybody. Welcome to the Anonymous Podcast tonight. Tonight, we're on episode 76 of the Guiding Principles Study. We are on Tradition 9. And we're under the questions for members, starting on page 164, question number four. But first, we're going to do some introductions. Donna, would you like to introduce yourself? Hey, everybody. It's Donna P. out here in Eugene, Oregon. My clean date is 11-22-85. I celebrate on Thanksgiving. My home group is the Solutions for Living at 6 p.m. on Sundays. Come and see us. Thank you so much. All right, Phil, let's hear about you. Uh, my name's uh, Phil M. My clean date is 4-19-95. My home group is Men in Recovery in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, and I attend meetings in the Pittsburgh area of Pennsylvania. Thanks so much. Glad you're here, Phil. Okay, Mike. Grateful recovering addict from Massachusetts whose name is Mike. How are you? Uh, my clean date is January 1st, 2017. My home group is the I Can't We Can group of Narcotics Anonymous. We meet at 47 Elm Street in Everett, Massachusetts at 8 p.m. on Thursdays. Uh, if you're ever in the area, come check us out. And I attend meetings in the Northeast Mass area of Narcotics Anonymous as well as virtually. Thanks. Thanks so much, Mike. Glad you're here. And Duran. Hello, family. My name is Deron, and I'm an addict. My clean date is 3-13-2020. Uh, my home group is the Clean and Free Group of Narcotics Anonymous. We meet Wednesday nights at 7 p.m. in Ashtabula, Ohio. I attend meetings in the Buckeye region in, in Ohio. Thanks so much for being with us, Deron. And uh, I'm an addict named Des. I come from Fond du Lac, Wisconsin. Um, I have a clean date of July 24th, 1995. My home group is We Choose to Live. It's a fully virtual meeting out of the Fond du Lac area. And I attend meetings in Wisconsin region and virtually around the world. So with that, we're going to start off tonight and Mike's going to start us off. So I will hand the mic to Mike. All right. Tradition number nine. NA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. And questions from members, number four, reads as such. How do I know when to serve and when to step away? What happens when I try to run things in NA? When have I struggled to step out of a service position gratefully? Gracefully, excuse me. Uh, and we'll, we'll start with the first part. How do I know when to serve and when to step away? Well, I think first and foremost is that I love being of service to Narcotics Anonymous in my home group or, or anywhere that I can. Um, when I 
know when to serve and when to step away is is probably um, a fine line. And it's oftentimes that I, I don't recognize it. Um, but I can tell you when I know to step away is when I either I can't physically be there or the position has run its course for me, you know, like in, in, in our home group, our service positions only last a year. So we rotate them and, um, then we switch, um, what happens when I try to run things in NA? Well, very early in my recovery, this was, uh, this was the attitude I had was that I, I wanted to run and control things and it doesn't work. Um, because I am not narcotics anonymous. I am just a piece of a puzzle in my home group or the groups that I am attending that I'm of service to. Um, when have I struggled to step out of a service position gracefully? Um, most recently, actually, I became the GSR for my home group and um, I've had the position a few times already and I just wasn't interested in being a part of it just because I wanted to, to step away and have a break for a little bit and have somebody else take the positions. You know, we have more home group members now. I just want to, you know, for the longest time, it was only three of us. And um, I want, you know, we all took on the response you know, multiple responsibilities when that was the case. And now that's not. So I, you know, wanted to give the position to somebody else, but it is my responsibility. Uh, I was elected and I, and I, and I can't say no, it's hard to say no to service in NA. Um, I don't think I have that much more to say, but um I do love being of service and, and the only times that I do try to step away or, or not, or is when I can't physically be there. So um, that's all I have. Thank you. Thank you so much, Mike. Way to lead us off. And um, we have a couple folks here who want to give some more input. So fill your hands up first. Go ahead. Wow. The, this is a good one for me. Uh, I'm one of the members too, that I do uh, love to serve. And um, I I need to be honest. Uh, some positions I have I have ride and died on, okay, died on that hill. Um, and um, th this is the thing. I uh, I guess the, the first part of that. Uh, how do I know when uh, when to serve and and when to step away? Sometimes the members will do what they got to do to in full force to let me know. Uh, um, Phil, you, you're not running things, you know, you've been here for this and that and, and, and that. And, uh, and then I know, I know it's time when, when they're stacking up in tens and fifteens to, to try to stack the, um, change the, the group conscience or like, whatever. I know it's time for, for me, me to go. And, um, um, have, I have trouble up, up stepping out of a service position gracefully. Uh, like I says, I, I can ride and die with some things. Uh, and then uh, now that I'm older in life, uh, I think I can do it more gracefully because um, uh, I know that I'm, I'm not, uh, I may love to serve, but I know I'm not all that important, you know? And um, um, 
I do want other members to um, step up and do things. I believe in this, uh, the spirit of rotation. And um, I guess, I guess with age, um, as far as that um, uh, tradi- tradition goes, uh, I, I can, I've gotten better at doing it uh, gracefully. Um, and that's all I got. Thank you so much, Phil. Appreciate your honesty and sincerity. That's cool. 10 to 15 members voting against you. Boy, that's some love, right? All right, Duran, take it away. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Yeah, that's a lot. <laughs> um, I also love to do service. I've been doing service since I came back to the fellowship, you know, a little over three years ago and um (laughs) so it says how do I know when to serve and when to step away so I remember um coming back and um I was about nine months clean and you know meetings were just opening back up and you know we were getting our legs back up up underneath us you know in the area and um people were like well you're very active man you want to be a secretary of a meeting and I was like oh okay (laughs) like I really didn't know what it entailed then and um you know, it, it was just, it was a need, you know, because there weren't a lot of people working the program on Narcotics Anonymous or people that were coming back into meetings. So that was like, you know, it was needed. So I, I and I stepped up to serve Narcotics Anonymous. And, um, you know, I just recently stepped away from a, um, from a GSR position of my home group because, you know, I wanted to spend more time at home. I know it's only like a once a month thing, but, you know, sometimes there were things that were kind of happening and I, and I felt like I needed to step away from that for a second and and come back down to the home group level is what I really wanted to do you know instead of branching out as much as I was um um it says uh what happens when I try to run things in NA so the meeting that I was talking about that I became secretary of you know I noticed that I really got super attached and whenever I wasn't able to make it like I would the person that I would ask to step in for me, I would call them and be like, hey, what's going on at the meeting? Texting them like knowing that they're at a meeting, like I should not be bothering the the atmosphere of recovery. But I'm so like uptight about like what's going on because it's Duran's meeting. No, it's a narcotics anonymous meeting. But I mean, I feel like that's what happens when you're in a position too long, like it starts to take on you know, a, a life of the person that's the secretary of it, you know, you be, it be, I was calling it my baby and all, uh, and it, it was <laughs> like, like, I got really attached to this meeting and, and, you know, it, it talks on the last part, when have I struggled to step out of a service position? So recently I, I did give up that service position, but it wasn't until I got approached about taking on another secretary position at my home group that I was actually like convinced, okay, I can state willingness to become secretary of, of my home group and I'm not really giving up anything. And then, so it, it kind of took some convincing to get me to step out of that role of that secretary position. Cause I'm like, this is my meeting. And then, 
you know, after talking to a few eggs, I'm like, oh, man, this is getting kind of crazy. Like, why am I feeling this way? I need to check myself before I wreck myself. Something's <laughs> getting out of control, man. Like, I am not Narcotics Anonymous. I am a member of Narcotics Anonymous that works Narcotics Anonymous steps and that does service in Narcotics Anonymous. But I am not the program of Narcotics Anonymous. And that's where, you know, I'm blessed to have people in my life that can put things into perspective for me. With that, I passed. Thanks so much. I, I love all that input. I, I wanted to share on the last one, um, the when have I struggled to step out of a service position gracefully. So yeah, everything that was shared applies to me in my recovery journey, for sure. I've been in those situations. But I had a, a different situation that happened about um, nine years ago, I did an H&I commitment for about uh, just over 20 years. And then I took a job and the job had an ethical conflict with the H&I position. And everybody in NA was like, who cares if they'll let you in, you should still go in. And I had to be like, no, that's not, it's not ethically what I'm going to continue to do. And um, I did, I, I will be completely honest. I did get permission to go in eventually. And then I did go in for a short while from the, the powers that be from the institution, but I can tell you, it was still very uncomfortable for me. And I eventually decided to no longer do that. And then um, the support at that meeting went away and I was really sad about it because it was a, a very long NAH&I meeting here in the Wisconsin region. And now, and then COVID happened and now we're not back in a lot of institutions. So I don't know what's gonna happen. My job situation is different. So I could be involved with that again, but I don't know what that means. But I can tell you that when I had to um, let people in NA know that it just, I just couldn't comfortably continue that position because of what I was doing in my work, it was hard. And it was hard to explain that and be graceful about it without, you know, um, like I want, like my ego got involved a little bit and, you know, that sort of thing. But I had to be like, I know this is the right thing to do. I can't wear two capes in this institution because that's not how it works. So I just wanted to share that with everybody. And um, Mike has his hand up. So let's hear from Mike. Hi, sorry to double dip. I just, I thought of something um, afterwards that um, I think sometimes knowing when to step away from doing service in NA is being of service to NA, your home group or your groups that you attend um, because you can get burnt out real, real easy. You know, you, you, you think you, you you're going to take on activities committee. You're going to, you know, be the, GSR and you're in this group and the the secretary and your other group and before you know it uh, you know time goes by and you're just exhausted and um I know for me personally like I have a position that I took on that I haven't been able to 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 um to keep that promise to to be there even though like we heard an addict say it's only once a month which is our area I've been busy you know cuz I got clean to so I could do other things in life, not just be in a 12 step fellowship. I love it to, to pieces. I love it. Everything that it entails, but I want to do things in my life too. So I think knowing when to step away is, is healthy. That's all I got. Thank you so much. And thanks for all the input guys. That's a good, important question. Uh, moving on, we're going to go to Duran with question five. Okay. 
uh, how do I determine what needs to be communicated to my group or between levels of service? Uh, where do I turn for reliable information? Okay, so the first part, how do I determine what needs to be communicated to my group or between levels of service? So um, this this reminds me of being a, a GSR, like going to area and then getting some information and we will vote on business or policy <laughs> and we will vote on whether we take it back to the home group or we um, vote on it there. So I remember like always taking notes and, and, and during our business meetings, the beginning of the month, I would relay everything that I learned during, during um, the area meeting. So I'm pretty much like, I feel like we should share all the information that we learn because it gives everybody a better scope of what's going on in our area and around the world in Narcotics Anonymous. You know, that, there is it's just that that's what this program is about is is what i've learned is about information being shared openly with each other and 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 we should be more candid with it we should be more open with it and, and more forthcoming with it when it comes to matters that affects us on no matter what level it is because it all trickles down to the group like we we go higher and higher you know region world um the area the zonals now and 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 all those things affect the, the home groups, you know, so we need to be able to to share the information that we have. I'm not the most like knowledgeable person, man, but like this goes into the second part of the question. Where do I turn to for reliable information? And that's literature, uh, predecessors, any, you know, somebody with some experience, because I what I've learned about this program is that like if somebody doesn't know something, they're not going to be like, oh, yeah, man, I know this, that, those and the others. And You'd be like, what are you talking about, bro? That's like not even pertaining to what we're talking about right now. But they will direct me to the person that knows or the area in the literature that knows exactly what what needs to be talked about and how I can le properly learn what I need to learn. Um, so I'm all, I'm always looking into the literature. You know, I've, I've gotten deeper into to some other uh, pieces of literature that and I'm and I'm learning. I get to learn more about myself and about how the fellowship worked. Like I never knew anything about these traditions. Like, you know, you, you read them at, at the opening of the meetings and, and you take them for face value, but like coming into this podcast with you guys, I'm getting to learn what is really entailed with these and, and, a, and a newfound understanding and a newfound love for them as well. You know, this, this is the information right here, you know, written for addicts by addicts to help us, guide each other through life with that i pass thanks so much Duran. and um donna's gonna come in and give us some wisdom oh no i did hi everybody i just i was thinking about um there's some literature for actually for service like the group booklet um there's uh you know there's just there's information out there about and i think a lot of times what people do is they just rely on somebody else to tell them and there's actually literature written that can help with that kind of stuff. I think it's important to know what your area guidelines are and bylaws. They're not gonna be the same everywhere, right? And what the expectations and the norms are. Um, my uh, area every uh, month, I think every month and maybe every other month we do a new, new uh, GSR workshop before area, you know, and tell people, you know, let people know like, this is how we expect reports to be given. This is where you send it when you're done. This is how we vote here, you know, and just, and so 
um, you know, looking for guidance, but looking to the the actual literature on service in Narcotics Anonymous. It's actually out there, guys. Thanks. No, that's excellent, excellent stuff to point out. Thanks, Donna. Okay, Mike. In reading this question, the only thing that I could think of was that, um, you know, how do I determine what needs to be communicated communicated to my group or between levels of service? Where do I turn for reliable information was, you know, was God. Good orderly direction, whatever you, you the God of your understanding is, you know, um, it doesn't have to be the G.O.D. that I know or that that I call God. I just I, I just give it a name. That's all. It, it's it's not anything to do with you know, religion or anything like that. Uh, just, I chose that name because it, it's one in the literature and it's easy, you know? Um, and I believe the literature even states good orderly direction somewhere in there. And um, I don't know. I just thought that that was, you know, an important question. And, you know, cause when we, when our group gets together and, and, and I'll keep it on my experience is that at a business meeting, we open and close with, you know, a serenity prayer. Uh, and we invite the, the God of our understanding to guide us in our service at that level. So that is all. Yeah, that that's awesome. Awesome input too. And, and I just want to say the, the, the one thing that I thought of with that question too is, um, how do I determine what needs to be communicated in my groups in between levels of service? Whatever I'm, whatever body I'm serving, I ask that body what they want to know. Like, I don't go, Hey, I know what you want to know. I say, what do you guys want to know? What do you want me to report? And that's what I bring back. And then, um, as far as turning for reliable information, I, I think it was really well covered, but there's just so many resources today with technology. I mean, it's different than, when I got clean and you were on the phone or meeting up with somebody, now I can go online. And one thing that came to mind is just when we had my regional meeting a couple weekends ago, we were talking about updating policy. Who doesn't love that conversation? And then we talked about how, hey, did you know there's a Dropbox on NA.org where areas and regions and zones are dropping their policies so you can look at in real time what people have? that's really cool. All those toolboxes that are available to us. And I think that's a really good place, you know, cause I can not only call somebody, but I don't even have to know somebody in Australia to see their policy. Cause it's out there for me to look at. And that's kind of neat. So um, yeah, I, I thought of that too. So I'm not seeing any more input. So number six question is Phil. Okay. What are some examples of effective communication and service? How can I make my communication more interesting and understandable? What has NA service taught me about listening? Well, I guess the first question, uh, uh, examples of effective communication uh, is, uh, is uh, listening and uh uh speak speaking clearly for one thing speaking clearly uh staying uh within within the um a bunch of the spiritual uh, principles um uh, uh reading the um the the literature and um 
Uh, I, I said simplicity. Um, I don't know. Uh, uh, I guess how I'm, um, I'm, I'm acting and talking and uh, have some humility in, in, in there too. Uh, for the communication to be effective, and um, it should be not what I'm saying; it's how I'm saying things too, that I think can make things um, uh, be effective. And definitely uh, listening, letting other people, uh, members talk, and listen to what they have to say, and um, you know having that good atmosphere and, and this and that. Uh, uh, how can I make my communication more interesting and un under understandable? Uh, I'll, I'll say reading literature, uh, trying, trying to make things um, simple for the um, members and um, uh, I guess being 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 uh, loving back to that humility piece and um uh well, I don't know, that's all I'm gonna say on that and then uh what has uh, NA service taught me about uh, listening uh, I know I'm not running my mouth and uh and uh if listening can be very effective too because uh uh if I if I'm really listening with all atten attention and and listening uh things things can come in uh can definitely uh come in and uh and i'll, I'll learn by listening what i want to do and what i don't want to do you know and um um i'm just it's a blessing to be able to listen and it's more of a blessing to be able to hear that's all i got Thanks so much, Phil. That was awesome. I appreciate that. Uh, I'm not seeing any hands, but I want to give some experience of one thing that I learned about communication in NA is like I I was clean when social media just started, like everybody knows social media today. And the very first time I used social media was because of Narcotics Anonymous, because I was sponsoring a woman and she said, I'm I'm, I don't have a phone, but I have this account and this is the way I want to communicate. So all of a sudden I was communicating on social media with this person. That was a way to keep communication open. And when I read a question like this, making communication more interesting and understandable, finding out what the new trendy stuff is. If, if like people learn from memes today, so you can make funny memes and get the point across with, with any information, I think, you know, or just having, um, a big thing in my area is rack cards, which is so funny because for me, rack cards are like really outdated, but all of our conventions are creating these rack cards, which are like this little piece of paper that's laminated on both sides. It's fancy and shiny and it just sits in a pile. And then that's their communication for, for um, conventions. And they're all doing it. We have four conventions in Wisconsin. We all, they all do rack cards. So I was going through the webpage and I noticed that none of our conventions are on our main webpage. So I emailed them all and I said, hey, do you guys want to get on the webpage, man? It's only like 20 years old. Maybe it'd be good. And now they're like, oh, yeah, we didn't think of putting it on that webpage because we have our own webpage. So how do we make communication more interesting? We talk to each other and fill those gaps and get get it so it's all like in one place as easily as possible. And I think... Um, it's always an adventure and it's always about open-mindedness for me. And, and that's been pretty big. So 
Um, okay. And Donna, you are our next question number seven. Are you sure, Duran? Okay. Uh, um, I, I just wanted to mention briefly, I think one of the things um, that we do about making uh, communication interesting is if telling them what they want to know. I think sometimes I can get pretty heavy handed thinking there's a lot of information you need to have. And if you don't want to know it or you're not interested in it, you, the, the glaze goes over your eyes, right? So making sure that I'm, be responsible to my group or service body or whatever and telling them what they want to know, you know, and letting them know that maybe there's some other stuff they need to know, but to have, let me know if they want to know that stuff. Cause otherwise I end up being an unpopular old timer and that happens a lot. Okay. Number seven, how does this tradition help me understand anonymity? How does anonymity help me understand this tradition? How do I practice anonymity in terms of this tradition? Um, you know, my word that I had a couple of um, episodes ago was anonymity. And I talked a little bit about, um, you know, there's, there's a lot of different ways we talk about anonymity, but the most important thing when, in terms of this tradition is that we do not represent Narcotics Anonymous in a service board or a committee. That is not my job. My job is to be myself, to be part of, and to, and to um, you know, uh, and do what I came there to do, you know, and um, so, uh, the, but the other piece when it comes to um, the committee, the service boards or committees being direct, directly responsible to us, right, and the anonymity is like, well, nobody on that committee, the chairperson or the treasurer or the secretary or whatever has any more authority than I do as a member. You know, um, they have a job to do, they're responsible for a job, they're responsible for a task, but they're responsible to the committee that directed them to be formed. Um, and, uh, and you know that I think uh, when I was new, when I heard about anonymity, when I heard about anonymity, uh, um, it was all just about, you know, as a secret that I was a member of Narcotics Anonymous. You couldn't go out and tell anybody that I was a drug addict in a meeting, right? It was not cool to do. And that still stands true, but that's not the true meaning of anonymity. As I'm more mature, my recovery is not a secret. It's private. It's within my fellowship, you know, and sometimes I go outside of that. You can see it on my Facebook page, you know, you can see it here on this podcast. You know, where I say, yep, I'm, I'm happily a member of Narcotics Anonymous, but making it clear, I do not speak for Narcotics Anonymous. I just speak to my understanding of whatever we're talking about, whatever the task is. And how do I practice anonymity in terms of this tradition? Phil and I both struggle, you know, with like wanting it to be done right, you know, and understand, you know, having a clear understanding of what the goals are and what the needs are. You know, but um, but I'm not any more important than anybody else in the meeting. You know, in my opinion, I have to be careful. You know, we have to be careful when we have been around a while. We're sponsoring a lot of people. We can gain this authority that is not appropriate for the anonymity of our fellowship, right? It's like, well, Donna said that this is the way it is. I guess this is the way it is. Well, big news is, guys, I'm wrong often, 
right? A lot of times I'm just running my mouth and that's my opinion, right? And I try to get better at that than I used to be, you know? And um, uh, when I'm part of a, I, when I'm part of a committee or part of a structure, I try just to be a part of, I really no longer, and it's probably just my age, but I really have no longer have the need to be in charge of anything except my own personal life. And that's between we, me and my higher power, right? And, uh, um, and I've learned that through working the steps, working the traditions, growing old in this program, you know, so uh, one of the things I was reading back through our, this, what we just did here, and it says, you know, one of the things it said is we have accomplished so much together, right? And uh, um, developed literature, developed a worldwide fellowship, develop a, you know, a, a, a footprint in uh, hospitals and institutions. We are reaching out to our communities through our PR, you know, and, uh, and but nobody does that alone. World Service does not do that alone. Our groups don't do that alone. We do it together. I like being a part of the we. Thanks. Awesome. And yeah, that you covered a lot of that anonymity. So thank you for that. That's very concise. Any other input? Okay. So the next question is, uh, describe any bridges between this tradition and one or more of the 12 steps. And what do these bridges teach me about my recovery? So this tradition is um, NA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. So when I think about, for me, when I think about bridges between this traditions and any of the 12 steps, I think about um, steps six and seven, which kind of teach the assets and the defects to be aware of, which I think... Um, are really important when, you know, to make sure that I know my strengths and I know my weaknesses. And then I also think about like step nine, making amends, because what's a better way to make amends for all the damage I did than serving my community or serving NA as a whole in a group and, you know, helping to carry that message. And then, um, I mean, of course, every step could apply, but probably also step 12, um, the carrying the message to addicts who still suffer because when when we're doing in my experience when I'm when I'm doing these service boards or committees directly responsible to addicts they're usually formed to serve addicts to make sure that we're getting our information out there you know or we're doing a good job or we're being clear and concise with what Narcotics Anonymous is so um, and the last part of that question is what do these bridges teach me about my recovery um, for me, every time I think about how these traditions tie back to the steps, it teaches me that my recovery is always changing and always growing and always different. Because if you had, asked, if this question had been around when I had two years clean, it probably would have been really different. And today I know that I'm constantly growing and changing and evolving and becoming a better person because of NA. And um, that's what it teaches me about my recovery, that my recovery is always um, fluid and um, fluid and stable if there can be such a thing so it changes and it and it remains solid so I'm really grateful for that and I'm grateful that I can be open to the ebb and flow of recovery that like when things happen I don't get totally thrown off and I can keep my commitments and even though I don't like the outcome like I, it might not be the outcome that I thought was going to come from something but 
at the end of something, a service that's done, it's always a good outcome. That's been my experience. I've never gotten involved in something and been like, oh my God, we're doing everything wrong. This isn't what I thought it would be. And then at the end of it, I'm always surprised by that. If I have that feeling in the beginning, and I'm always like, wow, this is so much better than I could have done on my own. That That's what always happens. And I'm really grateful for that gift in NA. So that's my input on question eight. And Duran, I see your hand up. Yay. Yeah, we talk about that uh, six-step piece, man. And and um, what do these bridges teach me about my recovery? And and man, it's beautiful. I say it very often that I have people that that like put me in check in this program, and like I love it. And it's because of like the service that I did and the people that I've met. And um, teaches me like my ego, man. Like like I I would love to be the end all, be all, the know it all, the like king, blah 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 blah. Like, but like. Narcotics Anonymous and the traditions and the steps have taught me like how to manage or check that man and how to listen for my higher powers guidance, you know, and, and it's taught me that like I really do love unity. I really do love being a part of the greater whole and I, I don't have to be a big eye. Like I can, I can just be Duran. Like it's taught me that it's okay to be me and, and like, you know, stepping into that step six again, man, that, you know, these defects of character, man. And and then then step seven, you talked about, you know, being willing to let go of these shortcomings, you know, asking God to help me get rid of these shortcomings. And that's that's a beautiful piece because it ties in that like, okay, so I go into a service commitment and my job as a secretary is to carry out the group conscious. So it's it's not about what Deron wants. It's not about me, 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 me anymore. It's about serving everyone else doing the greater good for Narcotics Anonymous and being there for Narcotics Anonymous because I choose to be there for Narcotics Anonymous or because Narcotics Anonymous chose me to be there for us. It, it, it teaches me to love myself more so I can love us better. You know, and and then that's a lot. That's a that's what my recovery has really shown me is that like I've learned to love myself so I can love the fellowship more. You know, I get I give my heart and soul to this fellowship because it's taught me how to love me. And without that love and appreciation for who I am today, I wouldn't be where I'm at today. So I give it all to the unity of the fellowship with that I pass. Man, that's awesome. That's fire. Thank you so much, Daron. I love all of it. All right, Phil. Wow, that was good. Uh, uh, all of you were good. And uh I want to ditto on on top of, of, of both of you, and what I'm going to, going to say too. I can I can look at all twelve of the steps being being a bridge uh, to that a uh, tradition, and then it's the response uh, the responsibility to those uh, that, that they they serve. But uh, I I I look at me being responsible for my recovery, you know, you know, you know, not my disease, but for my recovery, and it is achieved through the steps. And then, like this tradition is saying for those uh, uh, that they serve, and us, us not, we should never, never, never uh, be be organized. And um, with that is, um, um, uh, I know I'm not going to be perfect. If I want to be call myself recovering, I need to to work, do recovery all my life, all my life. I need to recover, and and for the members too, to be mindful of, of the members too. Uh, um that we're serving they're not going to be perfect uh, either and 
to do the best we can and, and to practice these principles and all all of our affairs, which uh, uh, it does talk about that in our, in our our 12 steps too. And that's all I have. Thanks so much, Phil, and everybody else for that input. That was great. All right, we're gonna move on to the next question, number nine, and we're circling back around. We're gonna to go to Mike. One second, Mike says one second, and that's okay. It's so cool. I, I, I wanna say one thing. I, I never drove and listened to the anonymous podcast of us doing the anonymous podcast until this last weekend. I just did it. It was so cool. Like we were all in the car together. It was fun. So thanks for giving me that gift, you guys. That was really cool. Okay, I'm, I'm buying time here, Mike. You ready? All right. I'm ready. <laughs> Question number nine reads as follows. What more can I do to put the principles of tradition, of this tradition into action? How would applying this tradition change my attitudes and actions? First, I have to go back and read the tradition itself. And they, as such, ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. I think what I could do to uh, to put the principles in this tradition into action is to be patient with others, uh, because I am the type that will want to control the situation, control the narrative of the conversation, control the direction of the meeting or business meeting or service structure. And that's not how this works. I, again, am not Narcotics Anonymous. I am just a piece of the puzzle or a piece of the pie or whatever you want to call it. And um, I think that uh, how would applying this tradition change my attitudes and actions? Well, just learning to be patient with others has really been able has been a gift because it's been I've been able to like kind of calm down and focus a little bit more and um you know I I I wouldn't say I was high strung or or angry but I was some of those things and to a degree and um I think just over time learning from others and watching others has helped me uh, change into the person I am today. So that's all I have. Thanks so much, Mike. Um, yeah, I love I love that question. How would applying this tradition change my attitudes and actions? And and my answer is, how would it not change my attitudes and actions? Just apply it, and it's amazing. Just put the tradition in action. So that's that's pretty awesome. Um, hey, and Phil has his hand up. All right. I'll I'll be real quick. Wow, uh, that's all. That's all. All good stuff. Uh, but um, it's it's back to um uh us not being ne as never being organized, and uh, being responsible to those they serve. And then uh, it was talking about uh, my attitudes and things uh changing uh with the application of that uh tradition, and uh, a lot of it it comes back to to a bunch of the spiritual principles that's that's uh in that uh tradition and uh and one of the the main main things it's uh in there would be uh, uh humility you know the communication anonymity prudence trust simplicity that's how our program starts fidelity that goes into harmony 
honesty and and love. Um, um, can't can't go wrong with any of them, and application of uh any of them uh just just in life and with 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 our 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 our, our members uh, uh to me it's it's just a blessing of of us not being all that organized, but um um. I don't. I don't know. Simplicity is is still the, the the key to our program, and that's how our program starts. And that's all I'm going to say. Great, great stuff, Phil. Awesome, spot on. And Donna, go ahead. Well, I was just thinking about um, the third step and the second, and third step, and about surrendering. You know, like there's this big processes of surrendering when I'm new in recovery and I'm surrendering and I'm surrendering and I'm surrendering and I'm surrendering. And, I'm surrendering. and then I get involved with service and I have these responsibilities, right? And, um, and learning to surrender to the will of the group, learning to surrender to the will of my higher power as I understand it. I mean, those things changed my life because... Um, because I thought I was responsible for everything. I thought every outcome was my responsibility. And, um, and, uh, and it's clearly not. I mean, there are some things I'm responsible for and I'm responsible too. I love the Fellowship of Narcotics Anonymous. I'm responsible to do my part in my home group. I'm responsible to carry out my um, service commitment, but, but, and my responsibility ends at some point as an individual, right? And what's that saying? I can't, we can. You know, there are so many things that we can do together that I cannot do alone. And I did not know that when I got clean. I had no idea that such things worked that way, you know? So, um changing my attitudes and my actions already been said how could it not change my attitudes and actions i came in here you know self-will run riot you know and and uh, today i am you know i still have some of that but it's in check most of the time you know so thanks thank you donna that was that was awesome good to good to hear that i'm not alone that's very cool. All right, Duran, you have question number 10. All right. It says, how have I applied this tradition outside NA? How else might the principles of this tradition guide my thinking or my actions? So <laughs> it's funny. We carry NA with us, but it's bigger than we are. You know, it's, a, it's that's at like the, the beginning of, of, of this tradition. And, and I keep going back to that. Like I, I think about it in, in my everyday life because I've learned unity in here and I've, I've learned that I don't have to do things alone. And I'm a super, I don't talk about, but I'm a supervisor at my job, but like I delegate responsibilities to my, to my team, to our team as a whole. I treat them as family, as we do everything together. There is nothing that is done that they don't have some sort of input. Yes, I'm the supervisor, but they don't get, you know, they, they, I might have the final say, but they at least get heard. You know, we all at least get heard in that situation. And I, and one of my, my sponsor, 
that passed away was telling me, he was like, you work the steps and traditions without even knowing. He's like, you know, NA will integrate itself into your life, whether you want it to or not. And and the deeper I get into this, the more that I learn, the more that I see that, like, this is what I've been doing. Like, I, this program has been working through me, within me, and, and showing me a, a new way of life, you know, without me even knowing what's going on or being able to acknowledge until I get the the proper information to, to understand what's actually going on. Um, and it says, how else might the principles of this tradition guide my thinking or my actions? You know, it just gets me to, to, to want to be in the, in the unity more, you know, uh, be more humble, man, because I'm a very egotistical person and humility is something that I have to practice on a regular basis being, being, um, being of service and, and and doing what the group asked me to do is is something that, you know, has really humbled me and, and, and shown me. It's exposed my ego for what it really is, you know, and it's really been able to help me kind of um, monitor when it's getting out of control and get back into that grateful spirit. Because it isn't anything that Deron did but come through the doors and say, hey, my name is Deron and I'm an addict. You guys teach me what to do, please you know, surrender fully to, to the process, you know, and then um, it's taught me how to, like, being more prudent with my time, like, you know, n knowing that I don't, I don't have to do everything alone. Like, I do not have to be the be-all, end-all. I do not have to know every freaking thing. I do not have to be a part of every decision. I do not have to, like, have everything about everything. Like, I can I can sit back and, and be quiet, learn, and listen. To, to what's going on, to what's being said and get a proper understanding of things, um, you know, and then, I, I, you know, I have to be able to trust that that we're that we're in this together, that we're all, you know, th trust the HP to come in and, and guide us, <laughs> because sometimes things get really rough in business meetings, area meetings, and if people, tempers be flaring and people want to get get their point across but at the end of the day the hp comes through and and it helps us get to the other side man and and, and we make it through together whether whether we agreed or disagreed whether it's not always kumbaya in, in in the rooms of narcotics anonymous but it always winds up being hey i love you brother or sister you know and and that's the beautiful thing about that man and um the simplicity like just keep it simple you know, when we start wanting to get too many, too many bold ideas, like sometimes it's just cool to just take the simple route to make it simplistic for everybody. So even like the new, the newest newcomer to the to the oldest predecessor can understand what's going on. You know that that and then um, I don't know, man. I'm just coming to believe that like believe in the we a lot a lot more than I than I did. I mean, I I have. But I, I had lost that weight for a little bit, and and I'm and I'm really happy that um that it's getting that it's coming back to to the we, you know, even even in my own recovery, like I'm going back to a place where my recovery started this time around that I really was like standoffish about going to. But a lot of people have reminded me that I was there to greet them at the doors when they came in, and they thanked me for for being that person that catapulted them into the into the world of narcotics anonymous you know and and i don't know it's just a blessing like and i don't know i just i can't stress it enough like i need to be able to 
to um to give back properly and remember where I came from. And that was the learn the guy that wanted to learn, the guy that wanted to be molded, the guy that wanted to to be there to greet the newcomer to 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 help guide them and um and to also be guided by the newcomer because they can teach me stuff too. I never know where that message comes from. With that, I pass. Thanks so much for all that. Um, yeah, it's it's uh, I I love I love questions like this because um, talking about how I apply these traditions outside of NA. Um, and so many, and when I first got clean. I barely function inside of NA, like barely, like barely. I, I don't know. My predecessors, man, they need they need prizes because they tolerated some bullshit from me for real. And and I just see them and I'm just like, thank you. I'm just so grateful that they didn't ask me to leave because I was not allowed to be anywhere else really, but in Narcotics Anonymous. And there I was, and I wasn't being very nice or friendly. And um today. I think about applying this tradition outside of NA, trusting the process, trusting that there's a higher power, you know, working amongst everybody, um, you know, believing in the order of things, believing that there's a purpose behind everything, the assignments get done. And when the assignments are done, you move on and you don't continue to do the same old thing over and over again. That That's what I learned in NA. When something's done, we move on, you know? or move forward or move to the next best thing. Like, like even today, before I came before this podcast, there's a um, picnic in my town and it's at one of the recovery clubs and they mainly have another fellowship there that mainly uses the S word instead of the C word. And uh, so they were like, let's call our picnic sober in America in the summer. And I was like, Oh, that's great. I said, and everybody was like, that's great. We love it. There was like 12 people. And I raised my hand and I said, I just want to say, could we maybe use the word recovery? Cause there's other fellowships that don't use that word and it might be foreign to them. And I was able to say it. I was able to not get mad at what they decided to do, but just say what needed to be said. And they were like, oh, Des, we forgot. We're so sorry. We'll change it to recovery. And it was really cool. And I said, and in my heart, what I, what I wanted to say, and I didn't have to say out loud was I don't want to alienate my fellowship that saved my life, you know, but I'm able to speak about it without, without being like, oh, you idiots. Why would you use the S word? Come on. What the fuck? You know, that's how I would have talked when I first got clean, but today I could be like, Hey, could we just consider, could you, did you think about this? And, and in an instant, everybody was like, oh yeah, you're right. You know? And, and that's when like a higher power is working in the room when, somebody suggests something that's logical and the room shifts and goes, Oh yeah, we didn't think about that. Instead of the old, my old life, when somebody would suggest something that made sense, I just get butt hurt and my feelings would get hurt. And I'd be like, Oh, you're trying to make me look stupid. Or you're trying to make me look bad. How dare you go against what I just said. And when there's a spiritual, when there's a spirit in the room or a higher power or a loving, you know, guidance in the room, people go, Oh Yeah oh, hey, we didn't think about that. Thanks for letting us know. And nobody got mad and I wasn't asked to leave. And um, I'm really grateful for that. So uh, yeah, so I wanted to share that. Is there any other input? I feel like we're close to the top of the hour. So we should maybe not go on with another question, but if anybody else wanted to add to this, that would be great. 
or else we're going to wrap it up as Mike is telling me. Any other thoughts? Okay. Thank you so much for joining us tonight. And we will be back next week, starting with question 11 and Phil will be leading us off next week. So thanks everybody. Thank you for walking with us on this journey. Please reflect on what was discussed and apply it to your life. Share this resource with anyone you feel led to do so.